This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 144, Blind Trust. In this episode, I've got some knitting and spinning and a little tale for you about blind trust. But of course, we will kick this episode off with some updates. Not a ton going on in updates. We did, however, manage to successfully finish round two of, I guess, attempt two at shearing alpaca. So I was able to carve some time out to help my alpaca breeder shave all of his herd and then some of the stragglers like me and my team. So in all, we sheared about 120 head of alpaca in two days. Two very long, very busy days, but everything was finally dried out and we were able to get all the alpaca shorn and everyone's lovely and now that the weather's actually getting warmer out here uh the boys definitely appreciate not being fully fleeced anymore so they're much happier it's been a little weird the weather by the way we've had a ton of rain and a ton of hail and yeah it's just been crazy we didn't get a whole ton of damage at our house i need to get my roof inspected but otherwise visibly we only lost like a couple little things we had this little utility table that the boy keeps out next to his grill on the deck and then one of the skylights in the barn got blown out so hopefully it's not too bad because i still need to get the roof inspected but otherwise visibly speaking thankfully all of our vehicles were parked inside we had like two inch hail during one storm we've had a lot of hail but this one storm in particular was like two inch hail and that's never fun. It was kind of crazy, but we didn't lose much. So that makes me very, very happy that most of our belongings came through that with little to no damage. And I did want to tell you guys that I had so much fun at Estes, like I do every year. But this year in the National Park, I just had such a blast that it's really made me want to buy a camper and do more weekend trips. I think what we're going to end up doing is trying to rent locally a little bit more to make sure that that's something we really want to do before we go investing in, yeah, a whole camper for ourselves. We're pretty particular. Like we've been looking kind of window shopping at campers and some of the things that like I think are good, the boy doesn't. So renting will actually give us a chance to try more options. So we really, really know what we want and know what we like and feel that we need in a camper. So primarily we're just weekenders. Like I can see us going to boondocking spots and things like that all around the state. And that would be a lot of fun. And if you camp or are a camper owner, you may or may not have heard of Harvest Hosts. There's like 150 sites in the state of Colorado that if you're a Harvest Host member, and their pricing is really, really reasonable, that you really can just make a reservation and camp at these various locations. There are farms and breweries and things like that all around the state, and you can just camp there. You just have to make a reservation because it's already included in your membership fee, and the membership fee annually 
is less than what it costs us to camp at a discounted rate in the national park every year. So it's, yeah, pretty interesting. And we have some friends that, that camp like on a regular basis. So it would be cool to spend more time with them and go to some of these locations. And so I need to check out my local rental availabilities so we can start trying some stuff out and make sure we really want to be camper people before we invest in something like that. That's probably wise, right? Yeah. So we should definitely do that. But I definitely have been thinking about camping more and spending more time in a camper and spending more time with our friends, Travis and Roxy. That'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, we just, summer is hardly here so far. I know it's, the weather's just been so weird. But yeah, I'm thinking about spending a lot more time outdoors. And I've got some, we've got some, not big, but we've got some plans for this summer still hanging on. So we'll have to see how everything goes. And yeah, it looks like that's just about all I've got going on on updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I have a little story for you about blind trust. Now this all came about very, in a very interesting way, but I was thinking about blind trust after all of this occurred. Now, let me tell you the story. So a couple weeks ago, the boy was like, hey, I'm expecting a delivery today. It is a pizza stone for my grill. It's pretty heavy and breakable. So don't worry. Just leave it where it's at. You don't have to bring it inside. And I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. And then a few hours later, the boy says, hey, can you just move that package inside the garage if it arrives? Because we're supposed to get more rain. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. So the package gets delivered and I pick it up and carry it into the garage and set it down. Like out of the way of where cars would be parked. No big deal awesome. Exactly as he asked me to do. So it didn't get rained on. It didn't get damaged. It wasn't as heavy as I expected it to be based on his description, but whatever. So fast forward two weeks, the boy moved the box inside and he sets it in the most precarious place on one of our countertops, which is right in front of my coffee pot. And this box is not small. It's probably two and a half by three feet, right? And it's like in the middle of everything. And I just go, ugh, and roll my eyes. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to crack this open. and He's going to use this pizza stone thing on his grill today. But when I get closer to it, it says, written in Sharpie on the box, I love you. I'm sorry, but I couldn't wait. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is this all about? And then I walk closer to the box. Now, on the box is this big sticker that says, keep this box in case you want to return. And if you keep reading, which I didn't the first time, it says, in case you want to return this spinning wheel. Yeah, so the boy secretively bought me a spinning wheel, one I have coveted and wanted for like seven years. And I had no idea. I even moved the box and saw the sticker the first time. 
It just, all I saw though was keep this box. There's no return label on it. There's no markings on the box. But the boy managed to purchase for me without my knowing a shacked sidekick wheel. And he gave it to me about a week early before our anniversary. So that's what, that's where the whole blind trust thing comes in, right? When he told me, hey, I bought this thing, I, it never crossed my mind that it was anything other than what he stated it was. Never questioned it. Not for a second. We celebrate our 24th wedding anniversary on the 10th of July. And apparently he has done enough to earn my blind trust. If he says the sky is purple, I'm going to be like, cool, the sky is purple. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> because I just believed him without question. And I just think that's hilarious. And even more, here's one for you. So he purchased this sidekick. He ordered it directly from Shaq when we were at Estes Park. They had like a whole booth set up and they had um, looms and equipment and materials and spinning wheels and everything all laying around. And he saw me telling one of my friends, hey, I want that wheel. That's the one I want next. I just can't bring myself to buy it. And he made his way away from me at one point and ordered it and asked them specifically like, hey, how is this packaged? Is it going to have your logo all over the box? What about the return address? Blah, blah, blah. Like typically, I believe there are markings on the box that would clearly tell you that this came from the Shaq Spindle Company, but they worked with him. I mean, and it was delivered. He's like, hey, what are the possibilities I could get this by July 10th? And they're like, oh, that might be tight. But then it was there like a week later with no issues. And he didn't even have to hide it from me. Like it literally sat in the garage for almost two weeks. And I just walked past it a million times to get to my vehicle and never, ever considered it was anything other than a pizza stone to go on top of his egg grill. I know, weird. But yeah, so he's really, really horrible at hiding surprises and keeping secrets. So I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did, like two weeks. But I was so super surprised and so super pleased when I actually opened the box and found this wonderful little sidekick wheel inside. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. And unfortunately, in this episode, it feels like I have been undoing more than I've been doing. But we'll get to that. <laughs> First off, I am still chugging away on the new tank top I'm designing and I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. I finished the second section and I'm now on to the main body which is pretty easy and it's just straight stockinette stitch so and it's flat so it'll take a little time but I am happy to be making progress on that and maybe if I'm lucky it'll be done this summer so I can wear it at least once. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, what else? Okay, so my plain Jane socks are coming along. I am taking them with me wherever I go and enjoying working on those because they are not killing my eyes like the previous set did. So I'm super happy about that. Now let's talk about socks. I've actually made 
on the circular sock machine, five socks, one pair, ugly, horrible pair, (laughs) but I'm making socks on the circular sock machine and kind of, oh yeah, it's, so there's this extremely steep learning curve on this machine and it's going to be the death of me. Part of it was machine malfunction that I believe I have repaired. Part of it is user error because I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos and I'm learning a lot as I go. But I made five whole socks. Unfortunately, I have started way more than five socks on this machine. So if I'm knitting away on a sweater and I drop a stitch, I just pick it back up and it's all good. If I'm knitting away on the circular sock machine and I drop a stitch, it is not horrible to pick back up. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be dropping a stitch at a time. Um, yeah, so I seem to be getting through like these complex details, like making a short roll heel on a circular sock machine. And then getting into one or two rounds of the leg and then having like five stitches fall off the needle and all ladder down rapidly. And for me, I need to learn how to not drop those stitches because once five stitches drop off and ladder down into the heel, it's irreparable. It's irreparable. There's like nothing I can do about it. And some of these things, because that's happened like enough times, knitting on the circular sock machine sometimes feels like I'm like disarming a bomb. You know what I mean? Like it's at points has created that much stress for me. And that's just something, oh, I got to get past this. Right. So I decided just recently that I do not have the skills to do a seamless toe because that's a lot of work. And I keep getting the toe done, getting all the stitches hung. And then I get like two rounds in and I drop all those stitches. And it's like, so like, it just creates such anxiety that I'm just going to have to get better at Kitchener stitch because my Kitchener stitch is ugly. Like the one pair of socks that I actually made that accidentally fit my feet. They're not pretty. The gauge is too loose. So like right after they've been washed, they'll fit my feet. But the second I put them in shoes, they're like so loose. Just the act of putting a shoe on stretches them out beyond belief. And it's ridiculous. But it it contains all of the elements of a sock, a toe, a heel, a foot, a leg, a cuff. And they go on feet and they match one another. So that's pretty cool. And then I've just been trying to work on those techniques and figure out what am I doing wrong that I keep dropping all these stitches. So I actually have three mismatched short socks that I constructed out of scrap yarn. Cause I, Lord knows I have lots of scraps left over from lots of pairs of socks that have crossed my path over the years. So at least I have that. I'm not like ruining skeins of yarn or anything which is great. But yeah, I have a long way to go before I consider myself a circular sock machine knitter. (laughs) 
uh, I just want to make myself like, like I have this parasox in my head that I want to make on the machine. I know which yarn I want to use because I believe that I can accomplish the gauge I want on this machine with this yarn, but I haven't even like wound the skein yet because I, I know I'm not ready. I know I'm not ready. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a minute before I get to that point where I'm comfortable enough to like crack open a whole skein of yarn and make myself a pair of socks on this machine, but it's coming along and it's a level of frustration I've never experienced before in my life. And literally like when I get through a heel or a toe and nothing bad happens, I feel like I just disarmed a bomb. Like, like this huge weight is lifted and eventually it won't feel like that. There are some definite next steps with the circular sock machine and I will keep you apprised of my progress or lack of progress. All right, on to spinning. So Tour de Fleece is fully wholeheartedly underway and I am very proud of myself because I am managing to spin at least 30 minutes each day, which is my goal. So my goal was really just to return to my daily spinning habit and I'm doing that. So 30 minutes a day. Originally, I was just going to work on that four ounces of merino bamboo and silk from Greenwood Fibers that I had started before the last episode. But then that new spinning wheel came into my life. So what I'm actually doing is I'm alternating between two wheels. Like every day I spin on one or I spin on the other. So the other project that I have started is I'm spinning on some beautifully dyed baby doll South down that was dyed by Apothecary Fabrications. And it's pretty gorgeous. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm spinning that on the new sidekick. I mean, I couldn't just let the sidekick wheel come into my life and then not start a project on it, right? Right? That would be so unfair. So I've got a project going on the hatbox wheel and a project going on the sidekick. And I am successfully spinning 30 minutes a day. And it's pretty awesome. And I'm thoroughly enjoying that. And I know that we've talked about my fear of commitment quite a bit in the past, but the fear of commitment for the Gotland Fleece is lingering. So I've decided instead of just jumping in and getting to it, that I'm going to try one more sampling effort. So I've decided that I'm going to flick locks and spin from the lock and see how that turns out. So right now I've really just started flicking locks in preparation for that. And I'm kind of doing that here and there. And I'll do about an ounce of fiber spun like that and see of the three methods, which one I like the fiber better. So that's where I am with that. I combed a bunch, spun that, and then I made a bat that I pre-drafted and spun from that. And now I'm going to flick the locks and spin from the locks and see which of the final fibers. And this one I'm actually spinning, plying, and knitting swatches out of to decide which fabric I like the best before I actually tackle the project. 
see that fear commitment like I'm just finding new ways to not start the spinning project itself but I just don't want to go blind I want to be happy with the finished product so that's my goal I have been still sweater shopping because I believe my target is a worsted weight to Aran weight three ply yarn and I'll probably have quite a bit of it so yeah I'm kind of throwing sweater patterns in my queue based on those parameters and I'm pretty pleased and that I think is helping me get excited about the actual spinning is working toward a finished product that I'm gonna love my wheels have been spinning I'm enjoying myself and making some progress despite all the stress caused by the circular sock machines Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. It has been quite the adventure. What I've got going on here in the near future is, here are my plans for the circular sock machines. I am going to knit one more successful sock, and then I'm going to tear these bad boys apart again and refurbish them, like finish the refurbishing. When I first got them, They were like rusty, seized, full of gunk, like a hundred years worth of dirt. And they're clean and they're reassembled. And I still need to do quite a few things to get them in like true working order. So that is the next step. One sock, finish the refurbishment on the two machines that I have in my possession, and then move on to the next thing. We also have one of my most favorite events coming up around the corner at The first weekend in August, I will be going to the Miramac River in Missouri to spend four days on the river with some friends. And that will be a wonderful, relaxing time to be disconnected again. And that will be awesome. And I look forward to this event every year. And it just makes me so happy to be out there with those people. It's awesome. And I love it. It's more camping, of course. What else? Oh, yeah. So um, the current position that I am in for my job is called a term position. And my term expires on July 18th. I have been told that my term will be extended another 12 months, but I haven't actually seen any official paperwork on that. So I'm a little nervous. So hey, yeah, next time I record, I'll let you know if I still have a job. It'll be awesome. (laughs) Oh, so I've got some adventures and based on the things that are going on in my life, and the stress of dealing with the circular sock machines, I'm going to be leading us out of this episode with the song Under Pressure by David Bowie and Queen. I've heard it a couple times over the last couple weeks, and it just seems fitting. But as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You could email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. You can catch me on Ravelry and Instagram and threads as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon.
Pressure. Pressure. 